afternoon, America, and welcome to the Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen, and you are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio, and we're talking about our values. America, it is time we stand up. We're loud and clear about the things we value. Last week, I said, you know, look, I know this audience values Judeo-Christian values, uh, biblical religious morality. That That's what this audience values. I know it is. You wouldn't be listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio if, if that's not what you value. We value freedom. We value life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. We value unalienable rights, rights given to us by God that the government can't take away. As a collective citizenry, we've been speaking for days about the importance of rising up and speaking our values. So how do we do that? How do we speak our values? Well, you grab a microphone, I guess, start a podcast, start a radio show. Um, well, Dean, I, I, I don't have access to a microphone, or I don't, I don't have a platform like America Out Loud. I, I don't have access to, to a broad audience. How do I share my values? Well, you talk your values to your friends at the water cooler. At work, you, you grab a microphone at work. Now, that doesn't mean you grab a megaphone, you start, you know, walking up and down the halls. It just means you talk to people. You know, Thanksgiving is right around the corner. What a great time. No, Dean, we don't talk religion and politics at the Thanksgiving table. That is a big no-no. No, okay, well, don't talk religion. Don't talk politics. Just talk about your, your values. Talk about what you care about. Do you value freedom? Talk about freedom. Do you fa uh, value the, the right to self-defense? Talk about the right to self-defense. It's not political. It's not even religious. It's your values. It's you. What do you value? You value liberty. Do you value parental rights? Do you value, you know, fill in the blank? What do you value? And begin talking about it. Or you can speak about your values with your wallet. We are currently in the process of watching Disney stock tank. It's on its way to the basement. We're watching subscribers pull away left and right from these woke organizations. We're, we're, you know, we're watching Bud Light wither on the vine, literally wither on the vine. Uh, you know, you, that's, that's how you can express your values with your pocketbook, with your wallet, your money, your checkbook, your credit card. Where are you donating? You know, who's receiving your funds? What, what products are you buying? Stop shopping at Target. Please, for the love of Pete, they don't care about your values. You know, shop at places that that care about what you care about. Find out who these companies are and go after it. Well, what else can I do? Well, how else can I can I speak my values? Well, you know, you can uh, you can practice your uh, your rugby style tackling. All right, Dina. I don't have a lot of extra money. You know, I'm already shopping at, at non-woke places. I don't have a microphone. I, 
you know, I'm not going to go around tackling people rugby style. I mean, okay. I mean, that's fair. Uh, you know, I'm not encouraging violence. Uh, I'm just saying, you know, the, the if the occasion may present itself, if, you know, if you're on a construction site somewhere and maybe you're a nun and you're trying to defend the, the construction of a chapel and, you know, you may need to break out your rugby style tackling. I mean, but that's fair. You know, if you don't want to, you don't want to express yourself in that way. Well, what about your time? What kind of time do you have? Do you have the time to uh, vote? Do you have the time to vote? Do you have the time perhaps to uh, to campaign for somebody who shares your values? Do you have the time yourself to campaign and run since you share your values? Huh? I mean, maybe, maybe we start encouraging each other that it's time we we take on the role of elected office. Maybe we go after it. Oh, I, I could never do that. I don't know. I don't. Yes. Yeah. I'm telling you, you could do it. You absolutely could do it. Don't sell yourself short. I'm not a politician. You don't have to be a politician. You, you don't have to be a politician to get out there and save the country. Trump isn't a politician. Isn't, wasn't, um, you know, he just cares about the country and decided I'm going to go save it. Ultimately, saving the country, though, is not going to happen at the federal level in D.C. It's going to happen at the local level. It's going to happen with you and me. All right. Maybe you don't have time to run or maybe you don't want to run. I get involved in a grassroots organization. Grassroots is the the name of the game. I would say, ultimately, all of these are great ways to start sharing your values, expressing your values. Don't be afraid to speak. Don't be afraid to join a grassroots that shares your values. Don't be afraid to run for elected office. Listen to this. I um, I'm looking at some stats here. And the, the headline of this stat says nearly 70% of races went uncontested in 2022. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. You're just as shocked about that as I am. Are you kidding me? Nearly 70% of races went uncontested in 2022. Oh, electoral races on the state and local level. Uncontested. A staggering 67%. That's the that's the actual number. The headline says nearly 70%. The actual figure is 67. A staggering 67% of races that appeared on ballots in November 2022, that was just a year ago, my friends, were unopposed or uncontested. This means that the number of candidates appearing on the ballot for a majority of given positions like city councilor, county commissioner, etc., was less than or equal to the number of allowable selections that could be made by a given voter. In other words, voters were left scanning through potentially hundreds of high-impact positions on their ballot with only one option for which to vote. That's unacceptable. That is unacceptable in a Republican form of government. Now, we're not a democracy, by the way. People will say, that's unacceptable in a democracy. Well, yeah, but we're not a democracy. We're a republic. 
And it's ultimately unacceptable in a Republican form of government, because in a Republican form of government, you elect representatives to run the government. And if you're if you only have one person, if you only have one option, then then we're in trouble. Uh, It's it becomes tyrannical. If we only have one person to vote for, where's the competition? Where are the people who share our values? I mean, all right, let's say that one person that's running shares our values. Okay, great. But do they share our values? What do we know about that one person? What do we know about the that one lone individual who's running for county commissioner or mayor or, um, you know, board of trustees somewhere or, you know, the school board? Maybe there's one open seat and only one person is running for it. What do we know about that one person? Do we know anything about that one person? Because, uh, you know, this is a Republican form of government. And we need to be electing like-minded individuals who will actually run the government. That's the point. That's the point of being in, in a republic. Armed with the knowledge that they will not face an opponent in their upcoming election, incumbents remain in office unchallenged and unaccountable to voters. And that's the problem. They're unchallenged, and therefore they're unaccountable. They're just going to do whatever they want to do. This is why local elections are so important. This is why we have to pay attention. Uh, You know, November is right around the corner, kids. We're going to be voting. I know it's 23, but there are seats that are open. There are elections. There are people that are running. All right. This is a short segment. We're going to we're going to pause for a break because we have an an important guest coming up on the other side and I want to give him some time. He's going to speak to experience of of running for local election. I think you're going to enjoy the conversation. We'll pick it up on the other side. You're listening to the Dean's List on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Nurses Out Loud Talk Radio want to introduce you to ASEA Redox Cell Signaling Molecules. It is more than just a wonderful natural product. Redox molecules are native to the human body. Redox molecules enable your body to turn on its inner doctor so your body can heal itself the way it did naturally when you were young. Check out AmericaOutloud.shop. Look for ASEA cell signaling molecules liquid supplement and check out nurse michelle's recent favorite asia product renew 28 revitalizing redox gel because this gel helped get me through some significant muscular pain during my healing process following a recent canoeing accident when i broke my hip give it a try for your aches and pains and let nurses out loud hear how your health has improved how can you improve your odds of staying healthy the answer is stay healthy with Cofix RX. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix RX is already famous for a powerful virus hostile nasal solution, and now we have a throat spray too. Crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. 
Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Welcome back to the Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. You can find us here Monday through Friday at the 2 p.m. Eastern time slot. We are happy to have you on board with us today. I have a very special guest with us this afternoon. His name is Tim Cross, and he's a pastor at um, a local church in Michigan. And uniquely enough, he's also a school board member. And I think his perspective is going to be interesting. I think you're going to like it. And so if you wouldn't mind uh, welcoming uh, Pastor Tim Cross. Pastor Tim, welcome to the program. Well, Dean, it's an honor to be here. I appreciate you having me on. Well, thank you very much. I um, Right off at, at the top here, I just, I just want to ask you what somebody in your position as a pastor, what would drive you? to want to run for the school board position? Well, uh, I guess, first of all, I've got to say, I've been involved a great deal in the community. Um, I'd actually been involved in in the political realm, and I partly said I I want to influence the influencers, and and I have done some of that. I I had a bit of influence in the community uh, with most of the – the elected officials, both Democrats and Republicans, to be honest with you. And I said I'd really never run for anything. And uh, But then a few years back in our particular school district, uh, during Pride Week, our, our the high school basically turned over the, uh, the school uh, to the Gay Straight Alliance Club. And uh, with that, what they did is every morning the announcements was read by the, uh, I think, the president of the Gay Straight Alliance. And at the end, after the announcements, made some sort of comment about, you know, how to get along with transgender folks and, you know, so, you know just some comments about the whole LGBTQ transgender stuff. And then uh, I think each day they had a table where they could, uh, with pins on it, where they could choose their pronoun, their personal pronoun. And at lunch every day in the uh, auditorium, they played videos, some of which were of teachers in the school that are that are transgender or are gay or, or what have you. And basically, in one sense, really uh, emphasizing, encouraging uh, people to that it's okay to be transgender, et cetera, and almost really attacking the the conservative church or the traditional church. And um, and then they they topped it all off with at the end of the week, they sent out a, a packet from the National Gay Straight Alliance to every student in the high school, even the uh, the home school. They, you know, the, mm-hmm. uh, the, the public schools have to have a home school portion mm-hmm. are available to homeschoolers. So that packet not only went out to every student from. 14 years old on up, but uh, to every homeschool student. And uh, it had it had material that was 18 years old and up. You know, it, mm-hmm. it, it had basically a test that you could take to find out how gay you were, how percentage of gay, and some questionnaires that were just uh, pretty close to X-rated. And they sent it out to every student. 
underneath the principal's email address. Mm. I'm not so sure that the principal knew what he allowed them to do, but that's what ended up going out. Uh, It was, uh, and and (laughs) long story short, my wife had began to attend uh, school board meetings and she was the only person in the audience. And they asked her one day, uh, Mrs. Cross, do you have any questions? And she asked about sex ed and what have you. And long story short, she got sent the packet. Somebody made a mistake, sent the packet to her that was sent to the teachers for that whole week of the Gay Straight Alliance. Okay. And we put that out to the community, and basically the community exploded over it. Hmm. Um, for, uh, for six months, probably uh, there are a hundred and some people showing up to school board meetings when before there's one person in the crowd. Mm. And it really got to the point that uh, we were the, the, really the school board just refused to even acknowledge after a while, they wouldn't even put it on the agenda. They wouldn't discuss it. And all we could do is have public comment. And I, I'm, I was meeting with the parents and what have you and, and trying to see what we could do and, and even trying to come down to finally, what do we want? What would we like to get from the school board? And the final thing that, you know, we could drum it down to is at least get an apology because I, uh, from what I know now, they recognize that it was, whoops, we'll, I'll just say it this way, we'll never do this one again. Because oh. uh, I have a club. Uh, I have a, my ministry has clubs and schools and I, I stood up and I said in the school board meeting, I said, listen, all right, I don't, I, I'm not trying to say the gay straight alliance can't be a club in the school, but I'd like my club to have the same. I want an equal playing field. Will you let me uh, have somebody from my men of honor club uh, do the announcements every morning and read scriptures at the end? Would you let me have some videos every, every uh, lunch hour where somebody's presenting the gospel? Will you let me send out a packet to every student about how to serve God, how to be a person of integrity and a person of honor. I said, I'm, I'm not saying the gay straight alliance can't be here, but I want equal, I want an equal playing field. And I said, if you're not going to do this for me, you should never have done this for the gay straight alliance. Excellent. And, you know, I said, and we're and we weren't coming and we weren't saying that the gay straight alliance club had no right to be there, but how do you give them this type of access and not give the other clubs the same type of access? Uh, and if you're not, if you're not going to give a Christian club that access, then you got no business giving the gay straight Alliance club, that type of access. Right. And so we got to the point with the parents that if the, the administration would at least issue an apology and recognize they, because my, I, I'm, I'm trying to be, maybe generous and give them the benefit of the doubt. I think they just didn't realize what was going to happen and they were caught by surprise. And we, we, we called them on the carpet Right. and it, they would acknowledge that they had done wrong. Uh, we'll, we and say, we fixed this. This will never happen again. That would at least, if I, if I could say it this way, settle some things down with the parents, but we couldn't even get that out of them. They just somewhat just stonewall. So I turned and looked at the parents and said, all right, if we want to change anything, what we've got to do, uh, we had roughly a year 
10 months to a year before the next election in which three of those school board members would uh, uh, be up for election. And we, we felt like if and we had somebody we knew that was on our side of the other four. So I said, listen, if we win three slots, then we've got the majority on the school board. We can deal with some things. So I looked at these parents and I said, listen, all of y'all that are upset, all of y'all that are angry and et cetera, three of you need to run for school board and the rest of us need to support you, get behind you, help finance you and help you to win. And then I said, uh, as well, let's get, get three of you and then let's start training you, you know, where we can get people in. We had, we had access to, to people that whether they were Christians or strong, strong conservatives that served on school boards that, okay, let's, let's get three people that are willing to run. Let's train them how to run. And then let's train them as well how to be a good school board member so the learning curve didn't have to be that long so that they were ready to go. Mm-hmm. And they said, okay, okay. The sad thing was all of these people that got upset, uh, when it came down to it, only one of them was willing to run. And the way they said that they would run is if I ran with them. Mm-hmm. Now I have, I have, and this was my thinking. I've, I've made strong stands for years in in my area, especially concerning L- LGBTQ stuff. You know, you do it with grace, but I've, I've, I've made a strong stand um, on the biblical standard. This is what the Bible says, and so I didn't think I'd be a good candidate. Okay, and so. It came down to it, and as I said, this one other individual said that he would run if I would run with him. So I said, all right, I'll run, and we'll run to win. And so I I determined to to run, but to be honest with you, I was frustrated that – and and I don't don't have any kids in the school system anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I I was a little frustrated that parents that had children – in the school system weren't willing to run. So we ran and uh, what ended up happening, I I ran to win. And uh, what what ended up happening is I won. And unfortunately the other man didn't. And what we, what I ended up doing was bumping off of the school board, the school board president. Okay. Finished behind me who was a liberal pastor. Uh Oh, we bumped the liberal pastor out and we put the conservative pastor oh, on. That's an exchange we'll take. Yeah, yeah. And and to be honest with you, uh, uh, I hope I'm not speaking out of turn. Some of the other school board members uh, that might not lean my way I said, we're sort of glad you're here just because of the perspective you bring in. Okay. And, you know, so, um, you know, I, I've gone in I guess to answer, that's how I got there. Um, you know, and I've gone in, I think some people, and even those on the board might have thought that I was going to go in with guns blazing and screaming and throwing a fit. But it's, uh, I've tried to go in and, and I want to be part of a team and I want to earn the right to speak as much as I can with, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I confronted some things on the front end as I got in. But, you know, working working to be an asset and not something else. Mm. <laughs> right. I think you can figure out where I was going with that. I'm with you. 
So uh, that, um, I guess, you know, from our perspective, to me, that is a, a an excellent approach to go in, not necessarily to go in with with guns a blazing, you know, with this purpose of of cleaning house, but going in, being a part of a team, earning the trust, the respect of the other the other board members. Yes, sir. Because because in, in our set, you know, in this setting, in, in a sense, I'm outvoted. Right. Uh, you know, so uh, it takes, you know, there's a scripture that I hold on to. And uh, I, I come from an evangelical background, uh, our def- and I'm definitely evangelical. But there's a scripture, even growing up, I heard quoted that I think we, and quoted in a context that I think we miss some of it. It's found in Proverbs. It says, he that winneth souls is wise. And from an evangelical context, a lot of times I heard that is, you know, that's about winning people to the Lord. And I believe that's an application. But I think the other side to that application, the broader application, is how do I influence and how do I win people to my perspective? Mm-hmm. Uh, how do I win them to my way of thinking? Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's a challenge, especially as, as we go into and we take our – in the culture that we have today – that no longer honors God or honors his word. If you go in quoting Bible, you know, the Bible verses, they're going to look at, you know, they might listen to you, but they're going to look at you like you got two heads. Mm, right. can, I, can I go into that arena and present truth and present with, present it with logic, with honor, with, with, where it makes sense. And I believe the truth makes sense. Mm-hmm. And uh, can I go in there and can I, can I function in that arena and win people's thinking, win them to my way of seeing things. Mm. That is so well said. I appreciate that. You know, that's that's what I try to do here on a daily basis. And, uh, you know, so I, I, I deeply appreciate that. It, you know, there's there's wisdom in, in trying to bring people over, over to your side, to your way of thinking without ramming it down their throats. And I think good in that this has sort of been my, somewhat of my experience sometimes well-intentioned people cannot be wise in how they present truth and actually cause people to we drive people away rather than bringing them towards us mm, right well let me ask you this you 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 said that you were you, you were driven to to dive into this position you know based upon what you were hearing what you were seeing coming out of the the school itself, this email that went under the uh, the name of the principal, whether he was aware of it or not, and it drove you to action. What would you say to to other pastors who, you know, they're just they're of the opinion that politics isn't isn't for the pulpit? What would you say to that? Well, uh, there's a lot I could say. You got three hours. Uh, Let's go. <laughs> but number one. Tell me what area of life, culture, etc., Jesus is not Lord over. Mm. If he's not Lord of everything, then he's not Lord of all. Mm. You know, that, that side as well, you know, is the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. I mean, he is he is the king of kings. Uh, Jesus, the government will rest upon his shoulders. I mean, there's the, the Bible has things to say about government, has to say things about culture and society. 
And, you know, some people say, I just want to preach the gospel. Well, part of it, part of the gospel is how, how we're supposed to live. All right. Now that you're born again, now that Jesus is Lord of your life, then uh, he may start off the Lord of your heart, but then he's got to become Lord of your mind, your thinking, your home, uh, your finances. But he also should be Lord of your voting and how how culture and how do kingdom principles play out in culture. Um, so I, I want to say to pastors, you know, someplace we've got to think outside of, I think, think outside of the four walls. Because, you know, sometimes it may, maybe this is a little cliche kind of thing. But if we take a look at the way the church thinks today and is thought for the last 50, 60, 70 or more years, you turn around and go, how's that working for you? Mm-hmm. And if how we have thought and how and, and, and it seems like through the years that the the everything has came inside the four walls and we have to think just inside the four walls of our church. Well, look what's happening in culture. Our culture is going to hell in a handbasket. I mean, that's, uh, it it is, it has not gotten better. It has gotten worse. It's got horribly worse. I mean, I'm in my sixties. I mean, I couldn't imagine in the seventies, what we're seeing today at all. I mean, 80s and the 90s, I never would have imagined what we're seeing. So however we are thinking isn't working. And I I heard that uh, this really challenged me. Uh, I read a book and and it talked about really how you measure success, the success of the church in a community and they say a lot of times you measure success by the size of your church by your budget by your facilities etc you know that that's somewhat the the way you measure you being successful but and then and this person asks this question how do you have a church of thirty thousand people in a community and a lesbian mayor oh (laughs) come on is that being the church right is the church's job just to be a, a social club inside of a building and, and do all sorts of things for, for the people inside the building? Or they said, or do we measure success by the crime rate going down? Okay. Do we success by the unwed births going down? Mm-hmm. Do we measure success by the divorce rate going down? Do we measure success by the STD rates going down? Mm. By we met, you know, it's those metrics. Do we measure it by the size of our church or do we measure it by how much we've influenced the community? So well said. That t- uh, go ahead. Well, we started something 10 years ago in Muskegon called Pray Muskegon. That's where I'm from. Okay. And I worked to get 31 churches that would give one day a month to cover the county in prayer. Okay. I got the police chief and the prosecutor to, I had, I had a a luncheon, got a bunch of pastors there and I had the police chief and the prosecutor somewhat beg the pastors to pray. Mm. And we've been doing it for 10 years. April was a 10 year anniversary. Prosecutor's office called me up and said, we want to do a video. I said, okay, to to talk about Prime Muskegon. And in this video, they said, these are what the stats show in the last 10 years. Crime has gone down in the county of Muskegon, 47%. Uh, in violent crime was down 51%. Our unwed birth rate was down, down dropped in half. Mm. 
man. Okay. And now this, this year, actually, I met, I, I meet with the prosecutor quite regularly. We had our fifth murder in here, and I hate any murder in our county. But he looked at me and said, said, Pastor Tim, but to be honest with you, the fifth murder in Muskegon County, if it stays here, this will be a fabulous year because that's down a great deal. We, we are seeing everything continue to come down. So all that being said, how are we measuring our success? And, and if what we are doing, if we're sitting inside of four walls and outside the four walls, crime is increasing, violence is increasing, unwed births are increasing, STDs are increasing, et cetera. I don't care how big you are inside the walls, you're not affecting your community. Absolutely. Preach it. <laughs> That's and and so that that's the challenge to me. The metrics on the inside of me, how well are we doing at affecting our community? And if your community's not better because you're there, then maybe you need to change how you're doing things. Mm-hmm. And I think somehow we as as pastors, spiritual leaders, we for us to affect culture, we've got to think differently than we've been thinking mm-hmm. because it's not working. How we think and what we've been doing is not working in most communities. Mm. So I know there are several pastors out there that are listening to this show. (laughs) I know you by name, some of you. Uh, Let this inspire you. Just just take it in and be inspired. and, And let's go after changing our community because that is, that's the role. That's our purpose, is it not? Yeah, and... I'm just talking about something that happened on the inside of me. Yeah, go ahead. So I'm not so sure. I'm I'm not, and forgive me if I I, I offend somebody here, but in the evangelical community, sometimes we've looked down on our Catholic brothers and sisters. Right. Okay. But I'm not so sure they had it wrong because churches would have a, what they called a parish. They were responsible for a geographical area more than just inside the four walls. Mm. And I say all that to say, for me, I had to come to the point that I was willing to take responsibility, not only for my church, but my city okay, and my county, mm-hmm. that at some point I step up and say, I'm going to take some, I'm going to take responsibility. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember it was one, it was uh, just before Christmas, or it might have been just, I can't remember, it's between Christmas and New Year's. We had a, a, a shooting at a nightclub, four people killed, and I got phone calls about it. And it broke my heart. I wept, and I thought, this happened in my backyard. Mm-hmm. And someplace I had to take responsibility for my community. And when you take responsibility for it, then I believe that then gives God an opportunity to give you creative ideas mm. on how to begin to affect your community. Yeah, I love that. But if you never take responsibility for it, God will never give you the ideas mm-hmm. that will affect your community. Well, let me segue with with that comment. Let me segue out of the, out of the, the church realm, and I guess maybe not out of the church realm, but just – normal everyday parents. I received a question through email a couple of days ago. Helen, 
from Wisconsin asked just a simple question. How can parents influence their public school education? And I I feel like from your perspective, you know, being a pastor who's involved and sitting on a school board, you are going to have an interesting answer. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I think, you know, first of all, get involved in your kids' education, get to know your teachers, et cetera. Uh, you, you need to ask your kids what are, uh, you know, when, now this is what we did. We homeschooled our kids till high school. And we put our kids in the, the public schools at high school, but, and we'd sit at the table at night and I'd ask them, what, what are you learning in class? I mean, I, I would ask them, all right, what, what's happening in this class? Tell me what's and my kids would tell me and. You know, so first of all, you've got to be engaged. Mm -hmm. Uh, Second of all, in some cases, you need to go to school board meetings uh, to find out really, you know, what's going on behind the scenes, if I could say it that way. Mm -hmm. Uh, We had a situation that uh, we we wanted to adjust some things. And I called some of those parents that were involved uh, in a couple of years ago with uh, what happened with Gay Straight Alliance. I called and I said, I need about 10 people to show up. And these are the things I need them to say during public comment. Mm-hmm. And the day before the meeting, I called the person that, that I asked to make the, you know, I gave, there's about two weeks to work on this. So this wasn't like the day before mm-hmm. I called, I called the uh, person that I asked to get some folks there. And they said, Pastor Tim, I'm sorry. I can't even get five there. And this was my response. I, I, I didn't mean to be mean towards the individual, but I said, why'd you guys vote me in then if you're not going to back me up? Oh, right. You know, if it's one thing to maybe elect somebody and to help somebody get on a board, but don't leave them out there all by themselves. Mm-hmm. I, you know, and I'm not. I've done, I've been on the school board since January. I asked that once. It's not like I'm asking that every month. Right. Uh, but it's like, don't leave me out to dry. I don't hang me out here to dry. Mm-hmm. If, I, if I need your help in some place, it, it's, it's getting in the game at a different level. Now our school board meetings usually last about an hour, 45 minutes to an hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're not talking about having to be there forever, but, but being there and learning, learning the language, learning who the players are, um, learning who you can talk to that you can, you, you know, uh, make a phone call to, or ask, ask more questions. Of. Uh, you, you got to get in the game, mm-hmm. uh, at a different level if you really want to influence your kid's education. So you're talking about even, you know, parents that, you know, I don't really want to run for the school board or I don't feel like that's my, my place, or, you know, I, I, I don't want to be out in the public limelight. You're saying fine, but you still have to show up. You have to find out what's going on. Yes, sir. Uh, and and uh, some of it, you, you got to be willing to step out there and, and do something, you know, it, it you know, there, there's a, there's a story in the old Testament. I believe the city of Samaria was surrounded by the Assyrians. I think it was, and there were four lepers outside the city and they sat and they looked at each other and they said, if we sit here, we're going to die. If we go in the city, we're going to die. Let's at least go show ourselves to the enemy and see they might kill us, but we're going to die anyway. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll feed us. And they made their way out to the enemy. And, and when they began to move 
God began to move. Mm, right. God right. drove off the enemy, and by the time the, the lepers got there, there was whole, nobody there but and just all the food they needed kind of thing. They, uh, try not to preach, but yet I wonder how many times God is just waiting on somebody to do something. And, you know, those 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 lepers said, why set we here lest we die? Uh, why set we here and let our culture go to hell in a handbag basket? Mm-hmm. Why set we here and let our school systems go down the tubes and all sorts of horrible stuff come into it? Mm. If we sit here and do nothing, that's what's going to happen. Mm. Get up and do something, whether it's going to a school board meeting, whether it's becoming a school board member. Mm-hmm. You, you can do it. I mean, it, you can get in there, you can learn. But if you go to enough school board meetings, you'll begin to learn a little bit of the stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But but at some point or another, we've got to get up and get in the game. Mm-hmm. You know, I saw a, um, a stat the other day, uh, and it's staggering to me, that 67% of races... Uh, you know, whether they're on the local level, the state level, 67% appeared on ballots that as un, unopposed. And many of those races were school board seats. Many of them. I, I, I'm i not, uh, well, I'm, I, I don't know if I can say this. Uh, I'm not sure how long it had been since there was a contested school board seat in, in the district I'm in. The last, the election before the one I was in, they were out trying to find somebody to just fill one of the seats. Unbelievable. That's unbelievable. So if, if if we would just, if if conservative Christians would just respond to that, think how we could turn things around. Yes, sir. And at least, at least our voice could be heard. At least we would... Uh, you know, they might have to thank oh, goodness. I got to deal with Tim Cross. What am I going to do if I go down this road? Right, right, exactly. Right now, if there's no resistance, if there's nobody there to share our perspective, it's carte blanche. Yeah, right, carte blanche. You know what? I uh, I am pulling up this this data collection point right here. Listen to this. In 2023, this November, there are 24,226 school board seats up for grabs, and this covers uh, this covers 38 states. 24,000 school board seats covered over 38 states. What if we just took a fraction of those? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, but. Let's be real for a second. How many people are sitting in churches? Mm-hmm. And conservative, God-fearing, God-loving, Bible-believing Christians. Now, they, they may have some things they see differently and what have But do we see, to, to me, the, the scripture that absolutely changed my life and my philosophy. It's a great commission. All authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me. Go, therefore, and most people stop with make disciples. Mm-hmm. But that's not what it says, which mm-hmm. I've seen people look at me like I've had three heads when I said that. But it doesn't say go make disciples. It says make disciples of all nations. Mm-hmm. The word nations is the word ethnos, 
And any study, any etymology of that particular word, it was never used for an individual. Oh, wow. Never. Now, I believe in discipling nations. It takes discipling individuals. But it is always about discipling people groups, Mm. you know, ethnic groups. Mm -hmm. And I'm not I I say it this way. I'm not I'm not graced to disciple a nation. I'm not a Billy Graham or anything like that. I don't necessarily have a grace for the state of Michigan, but I've got a grace for Muskegon County. Mm-hmm. What does it look like to disciple Muskegon County? Oh, wow. What, what would Muskegon County look like discipling? Mm-hmm. What would the educational system look like? What would the business systems look like? I mean, uh, you know, what would the government look like? Mm-hmm. But until we, that, that's what pushed me out to get in those arenas and find my find, find some place to at least make a difference. Get outside the four walls. Get out of my comfort zones. Learn a language. I've had to learn a different language being on a school board. I mm-hmm. had a meeting this morning, and they were using various acronyms and things like that. And I'm, you know, right. women, but I've, I've got to learn this stuff. Sure, right. But you've got to get in the game. And to me, I think we're losing. Partly just because we're not in the game. Mm. Well, I love those words, and I hope and trust that those words are inspiring somebody today. Because, you know, we we preach here all the time that we have to be involved. If we're going to turn this thing around, we've got to get involved. And your perspective, your uh, your vantage point is unique as a, as a pastor who's already involved in the community. You made the decision. You know what? Uh, I need to. I need to take this from a different angle. N- maybe not that you weren't already doing enough, but you wanted to come at it from a different approach. And so, all right, let's let's go after the school board. And I think we all can do that, no matter what your your walk, uh, no matter who you are. You might be wondering, you know, what can I do? Just just do it. Just. As Tim Cross just said, get into the game. Let's go after it. Tim, uh, I am very grateful for, for, for your joining us today. Thank you for taking the time. I deeply appreciate it. It was a blast. Thank you so much for letting me, sir. All right. That's Tim Cross, ladies and gentlemen. We will pause for this break. You're listening to The Dean's List on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. 
It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. Welcome back to the Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. We are happy to have you on board America Out Loud Talk Radio today. So uh, this is this is our this is our quest. This is our challenge. Should we accept it? Uh, we have to vocalize our values, and maybe one of the ways we do that is is run for school board. You know, how do we affect change in our local community? Running for a a local election is paramount. Absolutely paramount. I'll refer back to this article that I mentioned. This is from BallotReady.org. Voters are left helpless and confused at the ballot box and even more inclined to vote for only the one or two races at the top of the ballot and disregard the, uh, the, the, the rest. We're seeing this happen. However, this problem in our democ no, we're not a democracy. We, my friends, are a republic. Anytime you hear people say our democracy or you see it written, just put a line through it and write the word republic or shut people down that that continually recite the the lying narrative that we're a democracy. We're not. I mean, one day we'll 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 have a a tutorial on it, but just we're not. So this problem in our republic does present a unique opportunity for for potential candidates. Candidates like you and me. Running for elected office may be easier and more accessible than many Americans might imagine. In fact, you might not even have an opponent, apparently. Also, it's an, an impactful way to represent your community's interests beyond just voting. That is That is paramount. This is an opportunity for you to express your values beyond just voting. Well, I, Dean, I vote, and, and I vote my values. Maybe you need to vote for yourself. Maybe you need to vote your values for yourself while you are running for elections. All right. Uh, you know, I say we do it. According to an analysis of our database conducted by matching our extensive positions and in, in candidacies data, this breakdown from the 2022 general election cycle shows the percentages of races and positions that went uncontested at each level. The gap between the 3% of uncontested federal races and the 35% of state-level positions is significant. Can you believe that 3% of federal races went uncontested? At the federal level, 3% went uncontested. Well, I mean, Dean, what, what else is this federal? I mean, we, you know, we vote for, for uh, you know, the president and then the Congress and the Senate, and those races are all contested. Oh, yeah, that's true. But there are other federally elected positions. 
you know, there's there's several judges that sit on the federal bench, um, district judges, um, you know, other positions that are that are federal positions that that we can vote for, and thirty five percent of state level positions have gone uncontested. That's huge. Our data shows that a whopping 91% of regional district attorney positions across the country went uncontested in 2022. 91% of regional district attorney positions. And this is how George Soros can just, you know, grab himself a, a, a woke left progressive Marxist DA and just, you know, drop some money in, in his campaign and, you know, put him in a big city and let him go. Unbelievable. So are you an attorney? Do you have a law degree? You, and are, are you conservative? Do you share Judeo-Christian values? Have you ever thought of running for district attorney? The article continues, along with 85% of district and circuit court judicial positions. So not only are 91% of regional DA positions uncontested, 85% of district and circuit court judicial positions are uncontested. Those are huge numbers. For those looking to reform and impact our criminal justice and public safety policies, this is a massive oversight and a clear opportunity. Absolutely. It's very clear. How do we how do we take our country back? You know, we vote our values and maybe we vote for ourselves. Almost every state in the country in 2022 saw a majority of positions that appeared on the ballot go uncontested. Almost every state. Only five states were sub 40%. The issue does not appear to be isolated to red or blue states nor states with big top-of-the-ballot elections versus those without. This is important. It's not just red or blue. And it's not just, you know, maybe there's a governor running or maybe there isn't. It doesn't matter. Even high-profile election states like Georgia, Arizona, Texas, and New York saw 70% of races go uncontested. Oh, that is just... um, Uncontested elections is a significant flaw in our republic and leads to a wide array of implications for candidates, elected officials, and voters alike. The overall outcome is that the gap between local government and its constituents grows and participation in our republic decreases. That is, that, that's a big point. The overall outcome of this is that the gap between local government and its constituents grows. This, this gap between us, the everyday citizens, and those that are that are running our local government. And the participation in, in that government decreases. And it, our participation is necessary. We have got to know what's going on. And we've got to know what's going on at the local level. Local government institutions where constituents desire reform like criminal justice, public transportation, and public education, see none of that reform because those in charge are not held accountable during election cycles and do not have to campaign for votes. So the question of, you know, how do we change our public schools or how do we, 
you know, how do we how do we change anything? You know, the answer is, you know, we got to get involved. Either we either we run ourselves or we we find somebody who shares our values and we campaign for them. We get involved and we support them. So Tim Cross uh in, in the last segment, you know, said that he was talking to some other parents and he didn't feel like he should run. He's a pastor. He he wanted to to be involved in other ways. And he was encouraging people in his community to run. And the one guy said, I will only run if you run with me. And so Tim said, okay, I'll run with you. Let's go after it. Let's do it together. Tim ended up winning. The other guy didn't. But then when Tim won and he needed the support of the community, you know, they wouldn't, they couldn't, they struggled to get five people to show up at the school board meeting and support. Uh, We have got to do this. Even if we decide not to run, we've got to support those people who share our values, who are actually running, who are out there getting it done. You know, a few weeks ago, we talked about these school boards in California. And I, and I said, I said, you've got to, you've got to support these school boards. You, you, you faith-based Judeo-Christian valued people in California that live in these communities. You have got to vocally support these school board members because they're under attack. They're getting beat up out there and, and the leftist run progressive state of, of California. You got to get out there and support them. And, uh, you know, so if, if we're not going to run, we got to support those who, who are running. You know, we ask nothing ever changes. You know, you know, we complain about this, you know, to ourselves and to our neighbors and nothing's changing, nothing's changing. Uh, and we're not seeing any of the reform that we want to see. But, you know, our our, our people are running unelected. I, I mean, unopposed. They're elected while running unopposed. It is absolutely a sad state of affairs. All right. The clock is winding down. I'm out of time. I would like to maybe continue this conversation tomorrow because I've got a pile of things here, just a pile of stuff. And I want to I want to further this, this conversation. I am grateful that you joined me today, America. We are fresh out of time. But encourage your friends and family to get on the Dean's List. We can do this. Let's unite to renovate the age.